Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you from Central Park. Um, and today we're going to be doing some Crazy Days and Nights blind items. Now, I know I had said that we were probably going to have at least one last episode in the temporary Drunk Gossip Studios. Um, but there was something very fitting about uh, having the last episode be a live episode there. So... That's why I decided to change the venue. It wasn't anything planned or anything like that. It was honestly just one of those things where... um, It took me a second, and I thought about it. And I love going on... I I love recording on location. Um, Yeah, there might be a little bit of background noise. That was not planned, I swear. (laughs) But... I I don't know... It gives it a different flavor, I think. So, that being said, let's move on and get into today's blind items. This um, this one is coming to us from Crazy Days and Nights, of course. For the juiciest blind items, this side of, well, fake news, um, go over to crazydaysandnights.net and see what NT Lawyer can get you up into. This one is called Today's Blind Items. What about the others? The whole narrative sounds pleasant, and the whole experience in the photo shoot was a win-win for all involved. The thing is, though, we already know the documented history of one of the band members who thought the shoot was a great idea. He is also one of the few members who was out there to watch the shoot. He is the only member... He is the only band member who still has... Every single photo from that shoot, plus videos. He's also the only band member who knows what happened to the other tweens who auditioned for the shoot and then and then didn't get the gig after their one-on-one meeting with the band member. They don't have any good recollections of the process. You can trot out the two stars and they can say it was all rainbows and unicorns even though they are not telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth what about the what about the barely 18 who got pregnant by the musician what happened to her this was his idea and his version and was the epicenter of all of his fantasies the fact that he was an a-list musician in an a-list group made it happen um so the most popular guest is don henley and the eagles but there's a little more to this than um, just simply a guess. Um, of course, Don Henley fronted the Eagles for a very long time. Um, the Eagles and Michael Jackson were duking it out for the number one album for many, many, many years. And in fact, they might actually still be. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is there was an accusation against Don Henley um, made sometime last year. And this accusation never gained steam publicly, but it got very close. It started making its way around the... um, It started making its way around the internet and people started jabbing at it a little 
And around this time, Auntie Lawyer was becoming really well known for exposing pedophilia and pedophiles and with, with an alarming accuracy. And so, um, there was one big blind item which basically said Don Henley's fall was coming. There was going to be a whole big press conference. He was going to have charges pressed against him, this, that, and the other thing. Now, of course, that never happened. And people are really, really upset with Cynthia. And they're saying, hey, you said this was going to happen. And they'll often turn to that blind item alone to try to prove that NT lawyer is wrong. But they don't realize that there's a lot of working pieces and whatnot behind the scenes that um, don't always make it easy for um, everything to happen quite like you would want it to. So that's why, you know, I, I always say, into lawyer for the most part, has the best track record when it comes to blind items and reveals. And the fact that he's actually being ballsy enough to reveal even the most scandal-ridden blind items, I think, is really, really um, refreshing, honestly. I don't always necessarily agree or think that he's... um, right on the money, but 99% of the time he is. And that's saying something. And you know what else is saying something? I'm gonna go and be right back. And I'm back. So, this blind comes, of course, from Crazy Days and Nights, since it's Crazy Days and Nights Day here at Blind, uh, at blind Gossip. Wow. At Trunk Gossip. Um, this is why I need Will to um, start editing me, because... I suck sometimes. <laughs> Anyways. It's called Four for Friday, Bring Her In. It says, back in the day, this actress was probably A-list. A couple of nice television runs. Not as the star of the show, but as a good, solid, second build person. On the show that brought her fame was also the show where she got the reputation as a barely legal. And let's be honest, she was doing it before she was legal, too, while on the show actress who loved doing threesomes. She was publicly in the closet but loved men and women and was up for anything. It was that up for anything that kept her employed when the vast majority of tween teen actors now going into their 20s struggled to find employment. In fact, the star of the show that made her famous suffered from that for a couple of decades. Right after her show ended, she had lots of offers. They all came with the wink-wink knowledge that she was there to have fun with the star of the project during the shoot or the producer before she landed the job. This went on for a good decade through another successful television run, and then she was done. At that point, she wanted to get her life back and be who she wanted to be with rather than feel like she was having to be with someone for work. She's done a couple of things in the decade since, but for the most part, she has just been living her life, including coming out. Um... There are some good guesses. Um, Raven Simone is is really being guessed a lot. Um, Jenna Von Oy is a really interesting guess. 
Um, uh, Nikki Cox is a really good guest. Nikki Cox, um, I don't know if you guys remember, she started off on Happily Never After, um, which was the show with the talking puppet, and then she segued over to um, Las Vegas with Josh Duhamel. And then she was married to... Oh, I can't remember his name. But she was married to another dude. Which ended in divorce. And that divorce got really nasty. And then she's kind of just been... She's kind of just been hidden ever since. Like, there's not really been much about her. Um... But Jenna Von Oy is engaged to a woman now. And she did blossom with um, Maya Bollock, who of course went on to a star um, on The Big Bang Theory. And then after Blossom Indage, she was on The Parkers with Monique. And she's done a couple things since then. She's really been under the radar. Um, she popped up a couple times, especially when there was talk about Blossom reboot, um, which doesn't seem to be coming to fruition, honestly. And I'm not sure how you would reboot Blossom unless you had Blossom as the mom and the focus was on her daughter or her son, which could be interesting. Um, you Theoretically, you could also focus on um, just Blossom as an adult, but the whole the whole conceit of Blossom was single father with three kids. So you don't when you reboot something, you don't want to stray too far from the original conceit. Um, that's why with Fuller House, we had um, DJ being a widow and. Um, Aunt Stephanie and Kimmy moving in with her. It was the exact same concept as the original show with a gender twist. So I, I really think if you're going to reboot Blossom, you have to do something similar, you, like Blossom as a single mom. Um, maybe she has a gay, a gay son or something. Or, you know, a gay son and two grown daughters who are... Or two daughters who are, are mean or something. And, you know, the dad ran off or something. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I really like Jennifer Van Oye for this. Um, although I'm a little surprised by... The, the dirtiness of it all. But that's what we're all about here, isn't it? I'm gonna go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So this one is right back in Auntie's wheelhouse of exposing uh, pedophiles. Um, one of the guesses, though, is really, really far out there. And I'm going to explain why in a minute um, after we talk about the blind. Um, but yeah, I one of the definitely one of the definitely one of the um, guesses is just way too far out there for 
um, it to be anywhere near accurate. But here we go. This one is called Today's Find Items, Not Just One. Much like Rockstar's hooking up with way in their age teens, we also seem to give a pass to celebrities we like. Let's not forget three big names that Walmart Valderrama hooked up with that were all underage. Mandy Moore, which she was 16, Lindsay Lohan, 17, and Demi Lovato, 17, when, when he did so. Oh, and that Joel Madden was closer to 30 than 20 when he took the virginity of a very of a barely old enough to drive Hillary Duff. And, oh, and don't forget the four, nearly 40-year-old Jerry Seinfeld hooking up with the underage high school senior. So it shouldn't come as a shock that we have given a pass to this former A-list mostly movie actor who was in his mid-30s when he was dating someone barely old enough to drive. The thing is, though, she wasn't the only one. As he was introduced to her friends, he would invite them back to his home after school, usually paying for a driver to pick them up and drop them back off so no one would see him with them. They seemed ranged in age from 13 to 17, and he always thought that losing their virginity to him was the best thing that could happen to them, that they needed a real man to show them the ropes. He must have committed several statutory, several dozen statutory rapes, not including his permanent underage girlfriend. Even when this comes to light, and it will, no one will say anything. It will all just be chalked up to celebrities being celebrities, and people will probably agree with his awful, misguided theory. So, one of the most popular guests, one of the most popular guesses, I should say, is Paul Walker. And there's two reasons why this is not Paul Walker. A, it's already come to light that he had a very underage girlfriend, um, and that he really did prefer uh, the teens to grown women. This was not a shock. This was not um, anything. And it actually almost really did derail his career. Um, he had started off very promising, and then... I, I believe when it came out that he was dating someone underage, it derailed his career until the Fast and the Furious. And then he started getting it back on point. And he became much more responsible. The other thing is, um, the way this is written is, it, it's about to come to light. Not that it already is, or not that people already know. So that being said... I think that I think those two things really do cross off Paul Walker. Um, another popular guest is James Woods. And while I think that this is I, I can definitely see this being James Woods or James Woods doing something similar to this. Um I don't think enough people like him for NT to say we all like him. And, to be honest, I'm not even sure he's mostly movie anymore. Um, he might be, and I could be completely off base, but um, if I were to describe him, I would say um, TV or um, political activist. So, who could this be? Um, one of the other guests is kind of kind of really 
struck me as being very, very possible in the tenor of all. Um, Warner Brothers gave up on his Superman after just one solo movie, um, and then Batman vs. Superman in Justice League. Well, that seems, you know, three movies seems like a lot. Remember, only one of this was a solo movie. The other one was, the other two were group movies that, um, relied on other people's star wattage. And there's plenty more Superman stories to tell, so the fact that they um, cut his contract and they are distancing themselves from him, I think is very telling. Um, we, we already know that he has at least one underage girlfriend. She was 16 when they started dating. She's 17 now. Um, and frankly, I think that there's going to be quite a few revelations coming out um, about him. Just because as, as hot as he is, he's very skeevy. Very skeevy. <laughs> But for right now, I'm going to go, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So with this one, um, again, goes back to Andy's Wheelhouse of Pedophilia and whatnot. Um, and there's two really, really good guesses for this. Um, you're going to hear my take on both of them. But I'm going to go a little bit more into depth with my answer. Um, just because I want you guys to... I, I, just, I did some research and I want to kind of show off a little bit. Um, and well, if you're listening, I actually did research, so be proud. Um, here we go. It's called Today's Blind Item, Cause versus Effect. The singer is permanently A-list. Long before she was a singer, though, she was an actress. An actress who was young. She started off as a tween. She doesn't like to talk about those years. The only thing she will ever say is she acted in what show she was on. Ask her what happened behind the scenes, though, and she won't say a word. I would argue that many of her choices to remain private private and distant about her personal life stems from the time on those sets. Two in particular stand out because they shared an executive producer. This is a producer I've written about before who repeatedly sexually assaulted a star of one of the shows. He got her hooked on drugs so she would let him do things to her or have other people join in. She was a zombie. What I haven't written about before is the long-term molesting of the permanent A-list singer, which went on for almost five years. What had been this bubbly, lively personality became so shy and withdrawn that it always took multiple takes for her scenes because she was so quiet and so fearful for what would happen after the scenes were shot. Because she had such a controlling monster as a parent, I wonder if she just accepted this controlling monster as her boss. So... I, I read this line like four times, and Janet Jackson really does fit this to a T, and I would not be surprised if this was her. Um, everyone knows about Joe Jackson and his controlling ways, um, and how he forced um, his kids into the limelight. Um, again, none of this is really a big su- surprise. Um, Janet Jackson appeared on Good Times. Um, she appeared on, um, shoot, I lost the other show she was on, 
um, different strokes. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, so, there's really not, it really would not come as much of a shock um, if this was her, if this were her. She's very private. Um, you know, when she was with Jermaine Dupree, we had no idea that they got married, allegedly. Um, and we're going to go, we're going to do a Janet Jackson deep dive one day. Um, allegedly she has, um, a child who she gave to her sister, Rebby, to raise as her own. Um, and then when she got pregnant, well, when publicly she got pregnant, um, recently... It's alleged that the daughter was actually pregnant and didn't want the baby. So Janet Janet was finally at a point in her life where she was ready to take the baby. Again, that's all for the deep dive. We'll get into that later. Um, but the guess I'm going to go with is Alanis Morissette. Um, she really rarely talks about her time acting. Um, and in fact, outside of uh, You Can't Do That on Television... She was on other shows, but she doesn't really talk about it. Um, she was on You Can't Do That on Television in 1986, and apparently there she has acting credits up until 1993, and then she just stopped. And then after 1993... Um, she disappeared, started um, creating some music, and then Jagged Little Pill hit in 95 or 96 and blew up in a really big way. Um, and while... And while... Um, while Jagged Little Pill does hit on some personal topics... Um, Alanis herself doesn't really speak about her time with um, Dave Poulier or Ryan Reynolds or anything. She's a very private person. And with um, the new musical Jagged Little Pill coming to Broadway this year, it really does seem like a time when we're going to start hearing more and more gossip about her. Um, You know, with Janet, you're always going to hear a little bit about Janet because she's omnipresent in our lives. Um, the Jackson family is music royalty, whether we like it or not. Um, but with Alanis, she kind of slips in and slips out. Um, and depending on if she has a project she's promoting or not. So I really think that this is her. And I hope she writes a book, an expose, and just lets loose with everything that happened to her. And speaking of letting loose with everything that's happening, I'm taking a break and coming right back. And I'm back. And we end today um, with a blind item from Old Hollywood, which you all know I love. Um, Old Hollywood blinds are my favorite. This one has a little bit of a supernatural bent to it, which is not necessarily my favorite, but it's still a lot of fun. So let's get to it, shall we? It's called Today's Blind Items. Let's try it. Old Hollywood. This permanent A-list actor was A-list on television and even sold a ton of records, even though his contribution to the records was minimal, despite what he might actually have said. 
He has actually been in a blind long a long time ago for one of his main interests. A researcher going through his library, though, discovered some personal correspondence which alludes to something that happened a long time ago that is much more sinister. Our actor believed in life after death. He also believed someone could be resurrected. He wanted that for himself, but wanted to see how it would work and if it would be possible. So our actor, who was probably the most well-known television actor in the world at one point in his career, set up a ceremony at his home where he followed the instructions in a book. The person he sacrificed was the daughter of his long, long-time housekeeper, who the actor had also had a long-running sexual relationship with. It is not known whether the daughter of the housekeeper was also his daughter. Despite following all of the instructions, the girl cannot be brought back to life. When the housekeeper discovered what had happened in the experiment, she was hysterical and tried to call the police. Even if the police had come, it is doubtful they would have done anything to the actor, considering just how powerful he was and the favors he could call in. Instead of allowing the housekeeper longtime lover to call, though, our actor decided to kill her, too. He then called the police and told them the mother-daughter deaths were a murder-suicide, and that is what went down in the official records. A five-minute investigation would have shown it all to be ridiculous, but everyone wanted to meet the actor and just hang around him. So, the most popular guest on this um, was Desi Arnaz. And my problem with this being Desi is twofold. Um, he may have been the most popular actor in the world, uh, most popular television actor in the world at one point, but that was due to Lucy, Lucille Ball. And I really don't think that um, Auntie would have left out Lucy, um, especially since um, Desi and Lucy had already had such an interesting dynamic that would have just added a little bit more flavor to the blind. Um, so, so I don't think this is Desi. I'm not saying that Desi didn't try something like this or that it's not possible. I just don't like him for this. Um, the one I do like for this is Jackie Gleason. Um, he has a well-documented um, love of the occult. Um, in fact, rumor has it that uh, LBJ... Um, invited him to actually witness an alien autopsy. Some people are saying that's that's bogus or just an urban legend. I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't there. But I can definitely... um, I can definitely see him being interested in these things. I can also see where... um, you know, people have found books and, and stuff that suggests that he believed in life after death. Um, he definitely believed in resurrecting people from the dead. Whether or not he would want to be remains immaterial. Um, because he's long gone now and we, we won't ever have a chance to ask him. But remember, this you know, in old Hollywood, immortality was something that everyone strove for. Um, Urban legend has it that Walt Disney um, had himself frozen 
and plans on being resurrected when they have a cure for for the illness that took him down. I'm not sure what took him down. I didn't do that research for this. <laughs> Honestly, the reason why I didn't do the research for this is because I wasn't planning on talking about Disney, but, you know, shit happens. <laughs> but, you know, all that being said, um, Gleason, I think, really fits the best here. And I don't know if you all knew this, but in the 50s, he had a bunch of um, instrumental CDs that were released that sold um, millions of copies. And in fact, his first CD, Music for Lovers Only, holds the record for the most time spent in the top 10 by any record, according to Billboard. Which is just mind blowing. And also suggests that he did not need to worry about money ever. And that's probably why he didn't have to worry about being arrested. Because money talks. I mean, we all know that. Money talks in Hollywood. And if you have the money or if you can make the money, you're good to go. Speaking of going, I'm going to do just that. As always, thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.